In years gone by, the story that has dominated the GAA summer has usually been the journey of the Mayo footballers. The fans, the colour and the noise they bring captivated the nation as they went to break the curse and lift sound for the first time since 1951. This year has been a little different. After pulling off an historic Munster title win, their opponents Tipperary are looking to take down the mighty Mayo this weekend. But can they? Joining me to talk about the game and the challenge that lies ahead for James Horan's team is former Mayo footballer, two-time All-Star and now Fine Gael TD, Alan Dillon. Welcome, Alan. Great to be here. Thanks for the invitation. No problem at all. No problem. So we'll just get right into it then. This coming weekend, the challenge that lies ahead for Mayo. You were in the team, I think, a couple of years ago uh, when they took on Tipperary in an All-Ireland semi-final on the panel. What sort of challenge do Tipperary pose now? Well, I think it's a different Tipperary now coming off the, the Munster final victory. And, uh, you know, they'll be in buoyant mood and uh, would want to go another step further in terms of getting to an All-Ireland final. So they're going to be a tricky proposition to this Mayo team who who probably haven't played uh, as well as they would have liked uh, in this year's championship. And uh, I'm sure the three-week uh, break has done them uh, the world of good in order to uh, to reassess their own game. But uh, it's going to be a difficult game, you know, from speaking to, to a lot of people uh, around the camp. Um, they're taking nothing for granted, I think. When you get to the latter stages of the championship, um, you know, you, you have to be fully focused and, uh, you know, uh, the preparation that's gone in the past fortnight, they're hoping that that will set them in good stead. Uh, and, you know, the, the scenario plays, the game plans. And, uh, you know, I, I'm expecting a very uh, entertaining game of football. I think there are two uh, teams that uh, will go out and play football. Um, but, uh you know, I think the middle third will be uh, really, really uh, competitive. You know, you've got some big lads on both sides who will be competing for primary ball. So, you know, it's uh, it has the makings of a very, very uh, interesting and thrilling contest. But in terms of Mayo, as I mentioned, in previous years and the teams you've been part of, they've almost been the team of the country outside of the county that people will be supporting. If they weren't playing your county, they were you were being really willed on to do it but this year has kind of flipped a little bit because now Tipperary and Calvin have almost become those the darlings of the underdogs while Mayo have just kind of gone under the radar a little bit will preparation be different for mentally to handle this challenge and not necessarily I think James is around long enough uh, to understand uh, the dynamic and uh, no you're right you know Tipperary and Calvin have been the the story of the championship so far this year and uh, fair play to both of them. You know, they, they had two tremendous uh, victories and they've upset the odds in both uh, provinces. And, um, you know, everyone respects and shouts for the underdog. And Mayo have had that tag on numerous occasions playing against the Dubs in all Ireland finals where you'd have, you know, possibly 31 or 30 counties, uh, you know, supporting them. So we've been in both situations and uh, I, I suppose players uh, acknowledging that and understanding um, where people see Mayo's game, um, you know, the experience that they've, they have uh, collectively got over the past number of seasons um, will, will be very uh, useful uh, going into this game. I think there's some, you know, 
big leaders in the Mayo squad who will, you know, take this pressure on board, absorb it and use it to their advantage. So I don't see it as something that uh, they'll feel uncomfortable with. Um, it's, uh, again, you know, once they get to the to Crow Park on uh, on Sunday, uh, yeah, at half two, they get into game mode. You know, they've been there before. I suppose it's a bit different. Uh, with with COVID and and uh, the restricted uh, uh, spectators, but you know they have a job to do, um, and uh, I'm sure James will have them well drilled in order to uh, stick to the process uh, and do what they're asked to do. But in terms of the favourite tag, and uh, James Horn mentioned it in an interview I was reading today about the impact of not having crowds there. He's felt as obviously everyone would love to have crowds there, but He's felt in previous years that there can be an anxiety that can roll from the crowd into the players. Will mentally Mayo be different this year compared to previous years where sometimes the emotion has kind of swept all around them? And now it's a case of being on the other side and almost being, not to bring up the all Ireland fans in the past, but almost being on the favourite side. Yeah, like I, I suppose it, it will be strange for a lot of the more senior players who probably, you know, thrive in an environment um, with the energy and the buzz and the atmosphere. Um, and I think, listen, you go out and you want to represent your county, you want to have the, you know, full stadiums, you want to use that as motivation to to get the performance out of you. But it's a completely different dynamic this year, and maybe it's it's probably helped a lot of the younger players who've been integrated into the squad and into the team. So there's a lot of fresh faces. You know, they're not phased by playing um, championship football, um, and they're enjoying it. So um, I think favorite tags. You know, you have to uh, you know accept where Mayo have been the last decade. Um, they've been you know, okay, yes, they got a setback this year uh, by uh, dropping down a, a division, but they're still, you know, a top four team. And uh, make no mistake about it, if, if the likes of Dublin or Kerry were playing Tipperary in, a, in an Ireland semi-final, um, they would back themselves to the hilt. And uh, I think if the players, uh, you know, deliver on their potential, um, I, 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 I'm not saying that Tipperary won't have a say in this, but I think uh, Mayo will uh, will look to get a, a, an early start. Uh, I, I expect um, you know some early, really physical and aggressive exchanges early. I think there'll be a lot of markers laid down. Um, I don't think Mayo are going to give the Tipperary forwards the space and freedom that they got in Porky Cueve, um because um, you know you can see the damage the likes of Sweeney and Quivlin can do. So. Um, you know, Mayo, are, I, I'm sure they have three weeks now to to, to, to kind of get their house in order and come up with some sort of formation and game plan. And, uh, you know, whatever Dave Power has has up his sleeves, I know Colin O'Reardon came back for the most finally a massive impact on it. And they're the kind of matchups that Mayo will have to get right on the day. But in terms of a Mayo perspective, you mentioned the leaders that are around the Mayo panel and some of them you know obviously very well. And some of them that will be brand new to the team and have undoubtedly made a massive impact. What has impressed you most about the newer players this year? I just think a lot of them have be are, are ready to play senior intercounty football. Um, you know, you look at Tommy Conroy, he's uh, slotted in there, top of the left, very easy. He, you know, his, his pace is as 
key asset, you know, and not many players can get a hold of him and he's got a great eye for goals. So, you know, he's definitely a, a huge find up front and well, McLaughlin bursting forward from wing half back, he's another revelation. So um, I think overall they have the likes of Ryan O'Donoghue, Mark Moore, and they've definitely strengthened their, their, their squad with the introduction of a lot of these players. You know, you have Matty Ruan and you have Conor Loftus around the middle, plenty of legs. Um, so Mayo have, have, have uh, I suppose, they were through a transition period, but um, getting through Connacht, getting a number of games under their belt have given these guys a lot of confidence. And uh, I, I think James will be happy with progress to date, but um, they'll be a big step up now. You know, they're going to Crow Park. There's an expectation on their shoulder. Mayo, again, as what we said earlier, will be favourites. So they'll have to, uh, you know, change their mindset and, you know, play from the very first minute when the ball is thrown in to, to the last. And uh, I think that's the, uh, that's the exciting thing being a Mayo supporter is actually uh, watching these guys develop, see how they actually adapt to Crow Park. Um, I think a lot of them will enjoy the open spaces. They've probably played there at minor level, um, knowing a lot of them um, probably have. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's going to be a rip-roar contest. And, uh, you know, who would have thought that we'd be in an Ireland semi-final the first week in December? So it's, as it's from a supporter's point of view, it's, it's brilliant. Um, so, you know, it's only something to look forward to. It's interesting you say there, who would have thought, like, I know, and obviously you meant from a side of what's happened this year with COVID, but from, in terms of a purely sporting and football aspect, this year hasn't been, and over the last year to maybe 18 months, hasn't been already fantastic from a Mayo point of view compared to the previous couple of years where the success has come and reached all Ireland finals. Considering maybe Galway were probably tipped to in Connacht this year, are Mayo now in bonus territory? Uh, I wouldn't say bonus territory. I think the expectation every year is that Mayo shouldn't be winning Connacht titles. And uh, um, the feeling would have been we, we, we left a few behind us. Uh, I suppose discipline cost us against Galway in some big games in the province. Um, we had... Uh, some uh, soft sending offs um, and still probably uh, came out the wrong side of a game we could have won with 14 players so you know uh, you know, Galway have split two two Connacht titles with Ross Common who got another two in the last four years so it's great to get back to winning ways uh, in the province and I think that's a good platform it's a good launch pad um, you know James had last year to to figure out where his squad was at Um where he needed to strengthen. And um, I think uh, it's been a useful exercise uh, the past number of months. And, you know, uh, would I have said Mayo would be where they were if COVID didn't happen? Probably not. They, 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 they were um, up and down during the National League. Uh, and Galway probably looked the form team uh, early in, in, in early days, but it's just, it just goes to show that uh, over the summer months, uh, and, and through the club championship, a lot of players started showing form. And I think James was uh, was fortunate that that happened. And uh, you know he had no option but to integrate these guys into the into the into the team. And uh, you know they've they've taken that jersey and they've taken that opportunity with both hands. And um, you know I think it's it, 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 it they're in a, a better position, I would say, um, than 
most people would have thought this early for a lot of them. Uh, and to reach North Ireland final would be a, a, a great achievement. Um, but, you know, they have a huge 70 minutes uh, ahead of them. And just to kind of take a step back, though, in terms of the squad itself, because I suppose when James came back in to, as manager, one of the things that was bandied about was the idea that he'd been in, he'd been managing in the club scene around Mayo for a while and he'd been doing quite well with them, and, or with Westport, I think it was. And he noticed that there had been a little bit of a, there was a new generation of players coming in and coming through. Whereas the kind of general school of thought around the country was that Mayo team had maybe that had been a golden generation. What what is it what has impressed you most about both from being in there as a player to then transitioning into a fan has been the, uh, the evolution of this team rather than individuals. Yeah, it's, it, I suppose it's 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 probably. Difficult to analyse when you're when you're watching um, outside the the setup and you, you only see them on game day. But like by all accounts, you know, when James's uh, criteria to select players is that they must be doing a lot of good in training, um, and there's uh, there's probably um, two or three years ago they didn't a lot of them young people probably there but didn't make the, the the step up that was necessary to get on the starting 15 um, and there was a lot of the more seasoned footballers still playing very very good football so um, we haven't had that amount of or influx of newer players than probably w- we would have seen in Curry or in Dublin and maybe that's the commentary that a lot of you know outsiders would have said that Mayo are still reliant on the likes of Andy or you know, um, the more established players. And uh, um, I think that's changed now because there's a change and I suppose there's a bit of a renewal and a regeneration uh, throughout the squad. Um, While there hasn't been many uh, retirements, I'm sure over the next uh, year or two, you'll have more of the the lads probably stepping away. um, And uh, I think that's the natural progression for any squad or for any team. So, um, you know, it's still great to have the likes of uh, the experience within the the setup, but y- you look at the 26 match day panels now, and and, and it's changed a lot. So um, that's that's just sport, I suppose. That's high performance elite sport, and uh, I think you know if if there's a younger person that's coming up that's showing potential, good attitude, commitment, uh, you know, has the raw ingredients. I, I think James's philosophy was always that way, especially when he came into the Mayo setup first back in 2011. Um, we probably had, you know, a lot of uh, players who were probably phasing through that stage of their career um, after after John O'Mahony. So again, he's trying to trying to build a squad that'll be there over the next four or five years complete. And James, you know, you obviously know him quite well from being in the panel and being around them and that. And- for for some, for people who have been in, who aren't in the squad, could you give us an indication of how he'll be in the week up to this game as a manager? What what kind of makes him stand out? Is he a disciplinarian? Is he a fellow that will put the arm around the shoulder? Will he be going into much detail this week, or will he just say, "Look, you know, lads, you know what to do, you know how to prepare"? Yeah, I think he'll 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 probably give it back to the players. Um, you know, there's some 
you know, he's Aiden there as captain. Like he, he's a very um, experienced leader within the squad. And there's there's a number of others then, the likes of Killian, Paddy Durkin, Dee Keegan, Keith Higgins. So there's, there's a wealth of experience. But I suppose James knows from being a past player himself what individuals need uh, in order for them to tick uh, leading up to these type of games. Um, and um, I think, you know, whatever, whatever is said is, is targeted. You know, there's not a whole lot of more information that you can do by just top up on, on some analysis and some fine tuning. And um, I think, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it'll be, uh, the work will be done uh, in, in, in these couple of days. And uh, I think it'll be uh, a case of uh, handing it over to the players then uh, and just guiding them through uh, the final touches before they, they take the field. But he, uh, he he knows how players operate. And I think most of the best managers do that. Um, the likes of Jim Gavin, Liam Sheehy, James, you know, all these guys, uh, even Porrick Joyce, they've played the game, so they've experienced the emotions that players go through. And it's controlling the emotion and, um, you know, uh, not getting distracted and playing in the in the moment and not letting the, the, your mind wander into uh, areas where, where you don't need to and worrying about stuff that's out of your control. And I think that'll be the focus over the next couple of days. It's interesting you mentioned there the emotion of it because, you know, caveat, I, I, have, a, I have a mother from Mayo, so I fully, fully, fully understand the emotion that comes from Mayo people and Mayo fans of what of, of when game day comes around. But I'd be interested to hear from a player's perspective, as somebody who's been, you know, the other side of the white lines, when, you know, the green and red is ringing around Crow Park, when the, you can all you can see is the green and red, the fans, the noise, or whatever. What's it like being in that Mayo team, the emotion, the, the pride you must feel? Ah, it is. Listen, it's it's it, like it's very special, and uh, you know, uh, I do look back on it with huge uh, uh, pride, and I suppose um, you know to, to be in a position where uh, you know we played in some uh, you know very big games, uh, you know some classics, uh, and I suppose the appreciation that Mayo people have for their county team is massive, and it's a bit like. You know, it's the only sport really in the, in the county that people have a huge, uh, um, uh, you know, a, attraction towards. And that's not just Mayo, people living in Mayo, but people living in, as you said earlier, in Dublin or Mead, Kildare. You know, they'll wear, as, as the saying goes, they'll wear their Mayo jersey anywhere. And uh, they have no shame in doing that, which is which is fantastic. And when the bus is is driving through the streets of Dublin and we're, we're, we're up Jones's Road or we're pulling in the crowds and the uh, I suppose the uh, the emotion sometimes can be overwhelming and I, and I suppose you, that comes with experience then but uh, from my early days playing uh, in Crow Park uh, in front of full houses um, you know it was magical stuff uh, stuff that you'd probably dream of playing and um, I think uh, you know we're close uh, but not close enough the last number of years of trying to win in Ireland. And I think that's the, that's where the expectation is now is that we're, we're always knocking on the door to get back into another final. Um, 
And until we break that duck, I think uh, the supporters and the emotion will always be there. And everyone will say, you know, Mayo for Sam 2020 or 2021. And I think, you know, it's just one of these things until it, until it happens. Um, and, uh, you know, we're very fortunate that we've a, we've, a, we've a good structure. We have a good conveyor belt of, of players coming through. And, um, you know, we're... we're uh, we're uh, we're always in the position to compete. I think that's the most important thing, is that when players move do move on, that they're passing the jersey to someone who's equally as as uh, as uh, appreciative of of playing for Mayo, because an awful lot of people don't get that opportunity. So you have to uh, take that responsibility and, and use it to the, to the benefit of of your squad and your teammates. Is that something that helps with your transition from player to fan, knowing that? whoever you handed over the jersey to next was somebody who was going to add real quality and, and real uh, um, ambition to the cause. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, I, I had given everything that I possibly could have given him. You know, I suppose when you walk away like that and you walk away on your own terms, it becomes a lot more, um, it, it becomes a lot easier to accept that uh, there's not, there's nothing left in the tank and there's no more that you can give so you know anytime I'm going watching games or you know I go my father or, or uh, family members or you know you, you do appreciate uh, on the other side of the white line and you know you're out of, it's out of your control in terms of how the game is going so it's it's a different feeling but uh, you know I'm enjoying it you know uh, like winning the National League last year was a great uh, was a great uh, uh, moment, especially for them type of players, winning a national title. We hadn't won one in in a long, long time since two thousand and one. So, you know, the players winning in Crow Park like that uh, was a, was an important step. Um, and then, you know, they competed very strong against Dublin in the in the first half of the semi final. Kind of petered away once the Conor Callaghan's goal went in the second half, but. Um, I think they're 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 in a, they're in with a good shout um, against a Tipperary team who, you know, people probably don't know where they're at after the Munster final because it's hard to gauge where Cork, uh, where Cork's game was. Even though they got over um, Kerry, they just were very flat in the Munster final. So uh, we'll soon know where 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 both teams are at in the uh, on Sunday at half three. And there's some, someone who's going to have a massive, massive role to play on Sunday is a guy that you know well, and Killian O'Connor and and German as well as brother. And from the supporters' point of view, they mightn't we don't always get the insight or the peek behind the curtain because you know these setups are become so um, so tight and not in not letting any information out. So, but in terms of him, what kind of person is he like around the camp and as a leader? You mentioned. Have plenty of leaders around the likes of himself, Aiden, and them. What does he bring to the team that's uh, that's brought Mayo on uh, so much over the last couple of years? He's he's ultra professional and uh, he's good fun to be around at the same time. Um, you know, he comes from a family of four brothers there, so they're all uh, with Jeremy is in with him and Porrick and, and Rory played club football for Ballantrubber for for and still do and. Uh, um, He's, uh, you know, for, for a player who has probably suffered uh, some serious injuries, uh, missed out in a lot of, a lot of game time, uh, and to do what he's done uh, in terms of 
the accumulation of scores and, and where he is in the all-time scores is, you know, it's nothing short of remarkable. And so um, having a, a fella with that composure, that, that accuracy um, and his level of awareness too when he's, you know, on the pitch and, uh, um, you know, it's great. Like, it's a huge asset to me. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's unpredictable at times. Uh, you know, he's hot-headed. Uh, he's got all the weaknesses that you don't want in a corner forward. But, um, you know, if he didn't have that bit of bite to him, I, I, I think uh, it'd be something lost. So uh, he, he does care, which is, which is a key ingredient. Uh, and sometimes that can bubble over and referees can target him. But, um, you know, he's ultra or he's hugely important to uh, to Mayo. Um, and uh, he'll be very, very important again on, on Sunday. So he'll need to play well, like a lot of the other players. Um, you know, I think Mayo can't afford to have, um, you know, a, a six or a seven out of ten. They'll need to be up around eight, nine out of ten. Most of the ratings will have to be that high. Um, and they'll, they'll be looking to, you know, explode into Crow Park and put in a big performance. And um, you know, I think everyone is looking forward to this one. Do you forward who's kind of gone down in Mayo history alongside the likes of yourself and Killian and others is now, you know, uh, an assistant coach for James Horn, that's Kieran McDonald. And look, Kieran McDonald's career speaks for itself in terms of the impact he's had on the on the county and 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 the country. But as a coach from the insights you have with the players before and and the per- knowing the person he is, what kind of what kind of voice does he bring to the forwards? But again, like he, he he's a players coach. He um, he's very intelligent in terms of his reading of the game, um, and he he understands how players think as well. So. You know he's idolised in the county uh, for all he's done uh, with both club and county, and uh, you know no better man to pass on that knowledge to a young to the next generation. So from what I'm hearing is that uh, you know it's he, he's involved in the development squad, and then uh, in with James. So it's it's been great for for a lot of them, and um, I think um, having someone to bounce ideas off. Um, you know, and I think it just gives a lot of this squad and maybe the more senior players that bit of energy uh, when there's a bit of freshness being brought in. Um, and, um, you know, like the way J- the way Kieran played the game, you know, he, he, he was um, in- inspirational at times and in the things he could do with that left foot um, would astound you even in, in training. So um, it's great to have him involved. And I think, you know, in most county setups having people you know given their time and giving back crucially important uh, and and we're very fortunate to, to for Kieran to be involved in that squad along with James and and um, James Burke I think they're a great combination and just finally you know we're going into this weekend it's it's going to be a great contest but ultimately I I'm presuming you're you're fully behind a Mayo win well, I think so, and I think uh, not not to uh, dismiss the the Tipperary challenge. You know, it will be it will be significant, um, but I just feel that Mayo have have that bit more guile, um, 
a lot more experience. Um, and they've beaten Tipperary on, uh, on the last two occasions, um, be it not convincingly. Uh, I think Tipperary were always kind of in that game. Only for Mayo goals, probably midway through the second half, kind of changed and altered the, the course of the game. But I feel that um, James will have, have Mayo well primed for this one. I think there's a huge carrot here getting back to uh, North Ireland final. And, uh, um, you know, I'm expecting them to raise their game significantly from the Galway game. I don't think um, the fact that, okay, conditions were poor, they would have felt that they, they made a lot of mistakes and probably should have won that game by a lot more. But, um, no, it, it'll be, uh, it, it'll be, um, hopefully it'll be, a, it'll be a great contest. But, uh, no, I just think Mayo probably have that bit more on the day. I think that's a great place to leave it. As usual, you can catch us on all social media platforms and podcast applications, where be sure to leave a rating or drop us a question. But also, a very special thanks to my guest, Alan Dillon. Thanks for joining us, Alan. Thanks very much. And until next time, goodbye. Hello everyone, it's Connor here and I have some great news. The Safcast is now on Patreon. So, what does that mean? For just £5 per month you can receive early access to Safcast episodes, which includes a range of interviews across Antrim GAA. There will also be bonus episodes on there that will be Patreon exclusive, and in the new year we'll be taking requests for special commission episodes, which can be on your club's history, perhaps a particularly memorable game, a title one, or a particular player, so you can benefit from this for just £5 per month. If you don't sign up, don't worry, you will still receive the interview episodes as usual. It'll just be after those who have signed up on Patreon. If you've signed up on Patreon, you'll receive access to Safcast interviews a week early. The fee will go towards the running costs, including the domain hosting and the time involved in putting the episodes together. It's been great crack so far, and thank you to those who have tweeted or messaged on Instagram to give me your feedback. We've released episodes for seven weeks in a row, and the guests have been great, and I'm looking forward to branching out the chat to more people. So if you want to sign up, just visit patreon.com forward slash the Safcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash the Safcast to sign up and support the podcast. Thank you for your support so far, and I hope to hear from you all soon.